guys. Uh, on today's podcast, Sean and I are talking about competitive analysis. We're talking about industry benchmarks. Uh, it's going to be a, an amazing episode. So. It's going to be nutty. Before we start, we've worked with hundreds of businesses over the years, and we found that there's one element that all the successful businesses have in common. All the successful businesses that we've worked with have had a strategy. Having a strategy means having a roadmap. It means knowing where you want to go and having a plan on how you're going to get there. We found that there's 10 pivotal elements to an effective strategy, and we've created a one-minute quiz to help you determine whether your next year of marketing will be successful or not. Think about this. If a plane leaving LAX is headed to JFK and is even 1% off at the beginning of the trip, that plane could veer as far as Winnipeg, and no one wants to end up in Winnipeg. Take the quiz today at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz, or click the link in today's show notes to see where your marketing is headed this year. Now, on to today's show. We're live. Shiny boy, shiny boy. How's shiny going? boy. How you doing? What have you been up to lately? I haven't oh, seen you for two minutes. Oh, I'm doing very good. Very Excellent. good. Yes. Uh, what are we talking about today, brother? We are talking about, well, this is part two of our strategy series. Yes. Strategy mini series, but it's probably going to be a mega series because yeah. it's all about strategy. Success is about strategy. And we're talking about, well, we're going to start talking about competitive analysis. Yeah. And depending on how crazy that gets, we might have to split it into another episode on industry benchmarks or yeah. we'll pack it up all together. We'll, we'll see how it works. Yeah. So what did we talk about last week? Last week, well, we were talking about um, identifying your goals and challenges yeah. and also setting smart goals. Yeah, as well as uh, using a SWOT analysis to sort of determine um, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats, which is what SWOT is all about. Yeah. So if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, I would recommend go back, listen to that episode. Um, this is all going to tie together uh, really nicely. So. Yeah. That episode is like the foundation of your strategy. So you start if you're serious about about strategy um, for this year and just in general, you want to start with that episode and build on that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So competitive analysis. Competitive analysis. Let's talk about it. So first of all, you need to know your industry, right? Yeah, know your industry as a whole, and then also know the know the major players within your industry, yes. and know where you fit within that. Who yeah. who in your industry isn't a competitor? Because yeah. not everyone is. Yeah, you know, no, 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 someone no. might be sort of like a, a, a peer, but not a competitor. But then there are going to be people who are in direct competition with you, and you want to identify who they are. Yes, totally. So in direct competition, being that they share the dollars that your customers are spending on that particular item. Exactly. Yeah. Are are you are you competing for the same eyes? If you are, then that is a direct competitor. Yeah. So e-commerce companies, that's what lots of you uh, who are listening to this are out there. Um, so let's give a bit of an example. Um, so let's go to the clothing company example because it's a really easy one for me. Um, so uh, let's just say that you're a mid-range clothing company, mm -hmm. right? Your competitors out there are not the Walmarts of the world. They are not. So you're you're not trying to um, compete on on price and discounts and cheap stuff. Yeah, because you'll always not it. you'll always lose. No, there there will always be someone who can out outperform in that in that arena. And anyway, I mean, they're making less money, so let them make less money. Yeah, and then at the same time, if you're in that mid range, uh, don't try and compete with the people above you. No, right? Let them have let them have their space above you up there. Right. Um, there's there's those sort of ritzy areas that people will spend that kind of money. Yeah. Just stay in your lane, but know that lane really, really well. And if you really want to compete with those people or with those, with those businesses, it's probably good to create a separate brand, a separate business, yes. a separate offering yes. so that you can position that because you don't want to dilute 
the positioning, your, your current positioning that you have um, in, in your market, because that's really, if, if you say, hey, I'm in the mid range and I also wanna compete in, in the high range, well, guess what? If you start competing in the high range, the people in the mid range are gonna get confused and you might lose them and you also do poorly in the high range yeah. as well. So yeah. you need to be very focused. Yeah, story brand, Donald Miller. If you confuse, you lose. If you confuse, you lose. <laughs> uh, it's really true. Think about that with all of your product offerings and your, your marketing, right? Just stay in your lane. Don't confuse people. I mean, it, we all get, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we all get shiny objects and you're like, ooh, but that person's doing that and I like that. Yeah. So I want to do that. And that that's okay if you have the bandwidth, if you have the resources, um, if you have the plan and the strategy, and also if, you, if you're able to, as, as we said, sort of split, but you don't want to necessarily, um, uh, you know, burn out your, your your current brand and your current core offerings for this new shiny thing that guess what in six months you might actually hate yeah right yeah um so it's, it's definitely good to sort of like look at your at your competitors see what kinds of products they're offering yeah i mean for competitive analysis i think it is good to see what they're offering and see if maybe there are some gaps in your offerings based on what everybody else is doing and you don't want to be a copycat but at the same time if a number of competitors are you know they're, they're they're solving a problem they're 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 fixing a pain and you're not it might be a good idea to address that in your product line totally now to do that i'm going to give you guys something really tactical here um and i learned this years ago uh it's this little amazon hack so uh if your uh, competitor is on amazon right go onto their product that you want to emulate look at the reviews and look at the more like three and four star reviews and see what people are saying because it's not a five star yet for them. Oh, this product is amazing, but if only it had this, right? And if you see that want enough, create that product in your market. No, I don't remember who I heard who said that. It might've been Tim Ferriss where he was, the, the person, maybe Tim Ferriss, was saying that he doesn't look at one-star reviews on, on Amazon because they're angry people and their opinions aren't really yeah. valid. And he doesn't look at five-star reviews because they're not really realistic reviews to begin with. The gold yeah. is in the four and the three where you yeah. actually get the real meat, the, the real opinion, because generally, how many products have you bought that you are 100% satisfied with? Probably not many. No, no. There might be a few, and you might have just left that five-star review. Um, I don't know, maybe you're having a good day, but it's a very fluffy review. It's not going to have all of the meat, but someone who takes the time to say, you know what? This isn't a five, this is a four, or this is a three. They're actually gonna tell you what they yeah. think. Yeah, totally. Take those reviews really seriously when you get those in as well, right? Not just the ones on your competitors. Yeah. But look at your competitors' reviews. Super, super important. Uh, and it will help you with your product development and, and with your marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's also look at what their website looks like. Yeah, how does your website stack up to everybody else's? Like, are you offering the same kind of user experience? Are you offering more? Are you offering less, you know? There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of different things. What, what, what do you have to offer there? Yeah, I mean, even just seeing the website structure as well is really important and seeing what, what your competitors are doing as far as, uh, so when you go to, to their website, um, do they have a VIP group, right? Mm, yeah. Um, you know, we're huge on VIP groups. I think that they're incredible, incredible machines for your, um, for your business. Um, uh, are they uh, on their website? Um, are they doing something special that maybe you're not doing? Do they have a review section? Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting about their story that maybe you could incorporate into your story? And I'm not talking copycat story kind of stuff here. Uh, I'm we're more so talking about getting ideas from your competitors. Yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. We're always looking here at uh, in, in our business here. 
how can we learn from others without having to do all the work uh, yeah. to learn it for the first time and make mistakes? A lot of people are going to stumble upon things and um, and you can emulate them. You don't have to copy, obviously. You shouldn't copy. You should and Anything that you do, you should make it your own. But um, how can you... How can you avoid wasting the time and reinventing the wheel and making those mistakes? And a lot of times your competitors and your peers are going to be doing these things that you can learn from. Yeah. It's a free and education. Totally. And rarely is it ever the first person that creates something who makes the money, <laughs> right? It's true. Often it's the second, the third, those, those iterations that are like, no, they didn't quite get it there. This might be your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's super important to, to look at your competitors not to be obsessed with your competitors. Please don't do the obsession thing. For those of you out there, you know it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but so-and-so is doing this, so we have to do it. Um, uh, let's talk about what their marketing presence looks like. So uh, what platforms are they on that perhaps you could be on, right? Are they advertising on Snapchat? Are they on Pinterest? Um, I, you know, I think for any of you e-com companies out there, Take a look at Pinterest. Get somebody to actually install the code in for you properly, because mm -hmm. uh, it, it is. A, the, I find the Pinterest code a little bit confusing, um, but uh, but yeah, like where are they marketing and what are they doing with their marketing that's interesting? Are they finding a way to reach people that you're having a hard time reaching, or are they reaching them in a different way? And and are they able to be more top of mind than you are based on what they're doing? Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed a lot of brands um, these days, especially are focusing on the marketing presences of much, much larger brands, much, much larger businesses, and it's not even comparable. Like, um, a lot of people try to market like Apple does, for example, but you're not Apple. It doesn't really work unless you've built up that massive, that massive brand loyalty, that massive, it's more of a cult. Unless, unless your brand has a cult following, you're not gonna be marketing the same way. Hey, sorry about the interruption. We'll get back to the show shortly. I wanted to ask you again, are you confident in your company's marketing strategy for the upcoming year? If you don't want to leave it up to chance, take the one minute quiz at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think look at people within your industry and that's okay to look up, right? It's okay to look up to those, those bigger brands. But as far as the type of marketing that, that you're doing, look and see what's working with the smaller brands. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I mean, always think about who your target demographic is and think about, not, not just your target demographic, think about who that customer is, like who they really are. We talk about avatars all the time. Yeah. Um, let's think about that avatar as like an actual human, right? And uh, actually one, one thing that, um, that I'm reminded of um, when you were speaking with that influencer earlier today, um, is like your ads, your marketing presence should be solving a problem. It should be it should be addressing a pain and it should be making their life better for the ad. So if you're looking at your competitor's marketing presence, you can also see whether they're achieving this or not. And if they're not achieving it, well then you know what, you can swoop in and do it better, yeah. right? Especially since you're competing for those same eyes. So you wanna make sure that your marketing presence um, is solving a problem legitimately. And I mean, if it's not, then you need to sort of you know, redo your, your entire, your entire setup. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, and then the other thing is, uh, what is their reputation like, right? What do their, uh, what do their uh, fans say about them? Um, what do the people that don't like them say about them? Um, I think that that's really important. And we talked about that a little bit with, with hacking the reviews, right? But just looking and seeing what people really love about that brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's, 
And if it's something that's not going to work for your brand, don't incorporate it, right? Don't, there's, we're not talking about being a copycat. It's more about, I think some of the best ideas that I've ever got have come from looking at what other brands are doing and then just like twisting the diamond, so to speak. <laughs> twisting the diamond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to uh, reputation specifically, like it, it is good to know um, overall where you fit in the spectrum of reputation. Um, if you have five other competitors and and they're all valued very, very high and you're, you're for whatever reason, your, your, your brand equity, your, your brand reputation is low, then that is probably something that you want to address in your strategy that you're currently feverishly writing notes for and, cre and creating, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's take a break here just to say that if you're not creating a strategy after listening to this, you're stop. basic. Yeah, 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 you're basic, you're <laughs> basic, basic, you're basic. Just stop everything you're doing and start creating your strategy. We've given you guys two points of, of where to start, um, and we're gonna just keep going from here, so. So, so guys, right now, determine five other players in your niche, in your industry, like specific players, okay? It can't be like, uh, you know, very loosey-goosey, like, oh, so-and-so is kind of a company that, you know, we maybe compete with. No, you you know, like, if you if you are a, a toddler, flip-flop company, you know, write down on paper the five other toddler flip-flop companies that you're aware of, because you should be aware of it, because you're in this business, you're in this industry, you're yeah. in this niche. And now try to determine where on the spectrum, where on that scale, your reputation sits. And honestly, I think that if you're not at the top, you need to be clawing your way to the top. Yeah, And there's really only so many dollars out there, Yeah, right, for that. And, and you can create, you can create a niche. I believe that. But don't, <laughs> just don't do it. Don't do it, unless you have tons of money, don't do it. Ride ride the wave of what people want, right? <laughs> ride the wave, bro. I feel like I'm always throwing in these like hippie, hippie voices, hippie references, and I'm, and always, I'm quite okay with it. So uh, let's just, you know. And I'm the real professional here, so. <laughs> Very Yeah, funny. this is the, uh, the straight man, and this is the, uh, I don't know, whatever you call him, the goofy guy. The goofy guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, awesome. Let's get to industry benchmarks. Okay, so is 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 a benchmark like a, the butt spot that you leave when you get up off <laughs> the of bench? Mark on the bench. <laughs> yeah, hey, that is a benchmark. That's not the one that we're talking about. <laughs> That's more of a bench print. Yeah. So let's talk about your general industry. Now, we're not talking about those just five competitors now. We're talking about your overall industry and we're talking about your benchmark. So I, I think that this works really well with with your competitive analysis. So let, let's pose this as a question though. Um, let's, let's say, so in your niche, in your industry, and it's gonna be broad to start, how does your website conversion rate, how does that compare to the average? Do you know? Right now, just think in your head, do you know? If you don't know, then you don't know your benchmarks and you need to figure it out. Totally, totally. And how do you know whether you need to um, improve or whether you're like, if you're going to spend a bunch of money on conversion rate optimization, first know whether you need to or not. Exactly. Right? So, so I actually recently got a quote for our clothing company for conversion rate optimization. Well, we convert at 3.5%. I highly doubt that he can get any higher than that. I mean, so for me to spend, maybe he can. Can, can we throw out a basic, like a Shopify conversion rate average? It's about 2%. Is it I think not? it's actually like 1.7 in, in clothing. Yeah. So, so know what the benchmark is so that you know whether that's a place to focus or not. 
maybe, maybe I can get up to 3.6. Is that going to be worth the $10,000 to spend to get there? Probably not. So you know what, Con conversion rate, so start there, but then think, you know what, maybe the thing to optimize isn't your conversion rate because it's good. Maybe it's your customer lifetime value. Maybe you need to totally. increase the amount of purchases. Maybe you need to um, up your abandoned cart um, email game or, or, yeah. or, or cross or cross sells. So, but knowing what those industry benchmarks are is really good, right? So knowing what is the benchmark for somebody who is in, um, uh, for a mom, how much money do they spend per kid, right? And how many of those dollars can I get? And what right? what what is what is the way that you can come in and uh, like? Are there any opportunities for you to increase that number? Yeah, in a way that they haven't thought of before. Yeah, yeah, totally. So there's tons of places that you can get industry benchmark standards from. We'll include some in the show notes. Um, we really love WordStream. Uh, WordStream is a great place uh, to get um, lots of cost per click data, cost per acquisition data. Um, I think cost per acquisition is a really good one to know like, hey, what are people spending in this area, especially even before you start to go into a new industry? Like, hey, is it gonna cost me a hundred bucks to get a customer? Because if so, if so, you need to be you need to be selling a lot more product. Yeah, totally. For and, that hundred bucks. And, and I, I say go for it, like go right up to whatever that, that benchmark is. Um, but then at least you know you have something to aim for. And if yeah. you're lower than that, your cost per acquisition, awesome. Spend as much money as you can as acquiring those customers. Yep. Um, I had a just a quick conversation with somebody the other day who said, um, <laughs> he said, yeah, this this other company. I mean, I heard that they're spending $120 to acquire a customer. That's insane. And I'm like, well, and they're a competitor of theirs. And I, I, I said to myself, you should be spending that. If they, they're going to beat you every single day if they can acquire a customer. It's Ryan Dice who says, um, he who spends the most to acquire a customer will win. Yeah, right. that's absolutely so, true. So all of that to say, look at your competitors. Don't obsess over them, but look at them. And know your benchmarks. Yeah. Otherwise you don't know what you're measuring yourself to and you don't know where to start. Yeah. But again, if you haven't listened to the episode before this to start creating your new strategy and then um, move to this episode, we're gonna uh, we're gonna catch you in the next episode, which will be um, well, the next strategy episode because we'll have probably have some others yeah. in between. Um, and um, it's gonna be great. You're probably gonna wanna follow along this entire journey and we'd probably love Actually, we'd absolutely love to hear from those of you who have actually gone through and put your strategy together one piece at a time with us. And maybe we can even go through and assess it with you together. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, if you're wondering about your strategy, uh, I'm sure you've already heard uh, in the pre-roll, mid-roll, and right after this, <laughs> go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz. Uh, take the quiz today and see where you land there. As awesome. always, it's been a pleasure. Oh, no, it's been a slice. A slice. Yeah, it's been, been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scaling Online. If you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe to our podcast and share this with a friend. No, seriously, share it with a friend. No, if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you profitable. Got it? No, seriously, 